This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Houston, we have a podcast. You're listening to the Premier Rockets Podcast. It's H-Town Hoops. Hosted by Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. It is the H-Town Hoops Podcast, and we're finally here and able to react to basketball, to actual games. We've spent a lot of time over the summer, over even over the spring, since the Rockets are not uh, playing, normally playing at the playoffs as of late. We spent a lot of time talking about basketball that we've seen and basketball that we're going to see, uh, but not basketball that we're seeing at the moment. So that that is the significance of the preseason opener. The Rockets obviously won the preseason opener against the Indiana Pacers, 122-103 to 103 on, what was that, Tuesday night? Uh, but But look... The significance of it, forget the win, it's just that we actually have basketball to talk about and react to and to watch. So here's to bringing back basketball. Adam, you were in the building. You were actually at Toyota Center for this game, to my understanding anyway, right? Yes. Um, you, you've basically been at every game for the most part. Forever. So, uh, so tell me, man, what were, what were your impressions of this game? I know, I know watching – I felt like I was watching a better basketball product just in the moment, but I wasn't like overwhelmed, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't like superly impressed by anything in particular. So I am interested in what your takeaways were from this game. I mean, do we really have basketball to react to? I mean, it, it's, I, you know, I try to be interested in the priest. It's difficult. It's really hard. Um, the games are just so choppy and there's no flow to them at all. Um, you look just last night, you had, I think, three, three quarters, it was 40 fouls and 52 free throws. So it's really hard to get a feel for a whole lot. Uh, the thing that I was looking for the most was just how Ime Udoka kind of worked his rotations because the plan was everybody was supposed to be available. That turned out to not be the case. Jeff Green didn't play. Reggie Bullock didn't play. And then um, Dylan Brooks was ejected after, you know, four and a half minutes. So you didn't get a great look at what rotations would be. You did well, see did, them did you, small. Did you feel like, and not to interrupt, interrupt yeah. you, did you feel like that threw off the, the rotations? Like not just, because you're going to have injuries sometimes, but the fact that Dylan Brooks specifically would be out way before you would expect to make a, a substitution, that, I, I feel like that that might have thrown things off. Like, I'm not sure if Tari Eason or whoever it was that came in for, I think that's who it was that came in for Dylan Brooks. I'm not, I'm not sure that that's exactly what we would expect the first. And, may, and maybe it is, but it's hard to know that is what I thought. Yeah, uh, I asked Ime Yudoka that very question, and he said no. It, it really had no impact. I don't know if I totally believe that just because – you wanted to probably see that five on the floor together. I think you might've wanted to see um, as guys, you know, checked in and out, you know, who would be, you know, for me, I wanted to see what things would look like um, 
know who Dylan Brooks would be on the floor with once they did start to go to the bench. You wanted to see at what point would they actually take Dylan Brooks out of the game because just the way that they did it yesterday, uh, it was Jalen Green who who went to the bench first. Amon Thompson checked in for him. So you had Thompson and Van Vliet playing together. Then Van Vliet would check in for Green, and then you had Green and Thompson playing together. So that, that was a lot of the stuff that I was looking for. Um, like I said, uh, Ime Yudoka did say that they would go small with Jabari Smith uh, Jr. playing center. They did that a little bit. They also, I think they had um, uh, a unit where Eason was playing center, which was something that I want. You know, who else do they feel comfortable with at center? I think that, uh, you know, they talked about Tate playing some center uh, and that's kind of getting back to what he did uh, when he first got to the NBA. So all in all, you don't take a lot out of it because it's summer league and the games are just, they're officiated differently and they're officiated very closely. So you don't get a whole lot of flow, uh, but I think it was a good first day for them. They played with effort, which I think is important. And that was one of the things that Ime Udoka said that he wanted to see. And that's one of the things that uh, has kind of carried over from training camp. I will, if you want to, if you want to get into some basketball stuff, um, the defense was is obviously going to be something that we talk about quite a bit uh, over the course of the season. Uh, Ime Yudoka said they are trying to avoid 30-point quarters. They gave up 31 in the first quarter. He was not happy about that. And then he rattled off three three-pointers where they simply just went under screens. And that's kind of the attention to detail where they have to get better. The good thing, that's that's an easy fix. Like just knowing the scouting report, knowing that, hey, it's Buddy Heald, you probably shouldn't go under the screen. You know, that's something that, you know, you should be able to get better at. So I think all in all, it's a good first day. It's a good first step for them. You saw some good things. You saw some things that need to improve. But I think you'll take that. I would say if if that's the one of the main criticisms or one of the things that stood out about it, if it's, you know, maybe not being on your right defensive defensive assignments or uh, or exactly playing the way that you're supposed to defensively, I, I think that it's not a coincidence that it would happen that way with Dylan Brooks being out of the game five minutes into the game. Like, I do wonder if it's better if your, I would say, unquestioned best defensive player is out there playing. And, and obviously he's one of the veteran presences that you brought in. You know, we'll get we we could talk about Dylan Brooks maybe later, have some fun with that. But on the from the basketball standpoint, like I, I feel like if you're gonna have defensive critiques, you, you you have to consider that the best defensive player and the guy that they brought in to be that guy wasn't out there. So it, it will be worth watching and monitoring how different does it look once he's out there if they're doing if they're doing some of those things a little bit better. I see what you're saying. I don't really agree with that though, just because that's a scouting report thing. And just with the way that you're going to play, you're going to get matched up on Buddy Heald. You know, everybody, one through five, at some point is going to get matched on a Buddy Heald at some point. You got to know that you can't go under that screen. So I, it doesn't matter if it's Dylan Brooks defending him. It doesn't matter if it's Amin Thompson or Jay Sean Tate or whoever. Like, it's Buddy Heald. You can't go under the screen. So to me, that's just not knowing the personnel of the team that you're playing. And again, this is a young group, so maybe you aren't totally aware that, hey, that's Buddy Heald. Maybe you should, you know, <laughs> snuggle up to him. Um, yeah, well, and, and, and I think that's I think that's what I was getting at about the veteran part, though, like yeah. having and, and obviously knows that, hey, yeah. I can go under this. Yeah. So like the first time that happens, Dylan, Dylan Brooks can has the obviously the the presence and the equity built up, you know, the reputation built up to say, hey, don't do that again, you know, and, and maybe it doesn't happen again or maybe. You know, maybe they tighten things up after that moment and, and kind of start to learn some things with him out there. But but you are right. Like it. You should you should actually know that, like, if we're being honest about it, you shouldn't need Dylan Brooks to tell you that. You know what and I mean? Like, 
Yeah. And, and it's usually up on the whiteboard before the game. It's you have every player listed and then you say hard close, short close, you know, medium close or whatever. And so you got to know like, Hey, if it's, you know, this is a hard close or whatever they call it. Um, then that's a guy that you have to be pressed up on, you know, when, when he's getting screened. So again, that's, that's nitpicking, but those are the little things that cost you games. You know, that's giving away essentially nine points because you're going under screens on, on whoever. So you can't, those are the sort of things that you can't do. And those are the sort of things that get you beat. It might, it, it, it is a small thing, but it turns out to be a big thing uh, it, once you get into, you know, actual game. So, you know, it's a little thing. It's something that to me can be pretty easily cleaned up, but that's why it's really important to know the team that you're playing. And that's why you get scouting reports. That's why you watch video. That's why you see stats because that gives you an idea of who you're playing and you need to be aware of those guys uh, when they're on the floor. So it's the fact that they defensively, they improved throughout the night. And I think they held, they held Indiana under 30 points uh, in every quarter after the first, I think they might've even held them under 25 after every quarter after the first, that's a positive. And I think what did they hold them under a hundred for the game? Let me see the it was 31 in the first quarter, 24, 25, 19. Like you'll take that. That's that's a good defensive night. Holding anyone in the NBA under a hundred points is, is a really good defensive night. You just had that 31 in there in the first quarter when all the starters were playing, or at least most of the starters were playing. So, you know, again, it's a small thing that you just that should be pretty easy to clean up. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So on the Rocket side, there was nobody whose numbers like were eye-popping or like just overwhelmed you again. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, they shot it okay. Like 40% from three, <laughs> not bad. And also maybe not what you would expect necessarily from uh, from this from this Rockets team. Given that it's preseason and it's choppy, like we've mentioned, and it's hard to really get a good beat on what you're seeing because what you're seeing in preseason is not what you're ultimately going to see in the regular season. They got so much to to kind of put together. Who did stand out to you in this game? Well, on the threes, they didn't take very many. And yeah. I'm interested to know, and I haven't gotten to this yet, but do they have a target for how many threes they want to take? Because they only took 25 last night. And to me, in 2023, 2024, it's, it's hard for me to, to sit there and say, you know what, if you're getting 25 threes up a game, that's good. That's a good number. Because I don't think it is. I think that you need to. I think that you're putting a ceiling on your offense. Uh, when that's the case and you know they they made 40 percent of them yesterday they made 10 uh I, a little bit concerning that the the guys that took the most release of the starters that took the most fan bleeding green combined for two for 10 again that's a small thing um, yeah uh, green was one of five from the free throw line which i kind of noticed no, during, 
you didn't really notice it as was happening happening but you saw it just like within the stats i guess cam whitmore did stand out as a guy who they're not going to ever have to convince him to shoot and i think that we knew that in summer league i think you got a pretty good view of it in summer league but seeing him on the floor with like the actual nba team he was not shy about firing him up. I mean, he had five shots up within the first five minutes that he played. Uh, he finished with 10 field goal attempts. He took four threes. He made three of them. So I think that was a really uh, a, a positive sign. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I don't think that there was anything that really, I, I thought Jabari Smith did have his moments where he looked really good and showed that he carried over some of the summer league stuff. Uh, Jalen Green looked as explosive as he ever has before. Alperin Shengun made the only three that he took. And one of the things that Ime Yudoka brought up post game was that he passed up a couple looks. And that's one of those things that they don't want him to do. They want him to take that shot because if they're not guarding you out there, taking that shot is better than just driving into traffic and trying to drive and kick when there's already guys in the lane. So, you know, his evolution of just, taking that shot when it's there, I think it's going to be really important and it will change the way that teams defend him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it, it is maddening watching him do the pump fake. Like, I like that he's got all of these moves, and they're entertaining to watch. He's a fun player to watch. We know that. But when he does the pump fake and there's nobody there to pump fake or nobody is there, like, actually contesting the shot, you know, or the fact that he doesn't take the shot that he's pump faking, everybody's like, hey, you don't shoot that shot. Why are you pump faking? Like, you got to actually start shooting it and, uh, and, and actually convince some people. On your point about the threes, it is worth noting. Like the Rockets shot it well. They shot a nice percentage, 40% from, the, from, from three, made 10 of the 25 that they took. But the team that lost and shot it horribly from three, like Indiana shot it horribly. They were under 24% from three, but they took 42. So like speaking to your point of modern NBA basketball strategy, it, that, that's an interesting question that you that you point out. For whatever reason, the 25 number did not stick out to me, but you go over and look at the other team and you think about it and you're like, they shot 42. It's now, uh, I guess, you know, they're, they're losing or whatever, but it is customary to shoot more than 25, you would think. So I am interested to see how that's going to play out. Uh, Cam Whitmore, though, you mentioned, look, I know this is, this is where you and I have been on opposite sides. You, I, it seems like I have the more measured approach of just let the rookies kind of get acclimated and get accustomed to, what NBA basketball actually is, which is the reasonable take. But, man, when I watch Cam Whitmore, I'm going to tell you this, man. I watched this game and was a bit underwhelmed by just, like, not really feeling like I was uh, – I just wasn't super entertained by the game, to be honest with you. I, I just wasn't. And maybe that's because it is preseason basketball. Well, but because the it, was, one, it was a free throw contest. That's yeah, why. it was. Yeah, that's, uh -huh. that, that could be it. That could be it. But the one player from a Rocket standpoint, the one player that did catch my attention – was Cam Whitmore. And I feel like that's it. Everything that you said about, you know, him just having kind of this relentless attitude of like, hey, man, I'm going to go put the ball in the bucket. That's the name of the game. That's what I'm going to go do when I get out here. 
there is something about him where it feels like, hey, this is the youngest player on the team, I believe. Yeah, he's, what is he, 19? This is the youngest guy that you got, but there... (laughs) it feels like he's going to at some point really play his way onto the court. Like that, that's what I got. Like not early, but eventually I could see just based off of the kind of just the raw ability. And if they can kind of harness that, like reel it in a little bit and have him play for sure, play within what they're trying to do. I could see himself not necessarily always being the forever being the ninth, 10th guy, which is probably what he is now. And Udoka brought up his versatility after last night's game and that he's somebody they feel like could play the two through four. So when you, you, when you have his size and you have that sort of versatility, then that gives you more opportunities to get on the floor, especially when you're not healthy. That was, again, I I really was interested to see how the minutes would be handed out to the guards, Um, but not having Reggie Bullock kind of, you know, ruined that. And so, uh, you know, they brought in Reggie Bullock late, um, how many minutes do they see him getting? It feels like he's going to be in the rotation. I wanted to see who's going to be the first guy off the bench. And like you brought up, it was Eason, but was that just because Dylan Brooks got ejected? Like on a normal night, who's going to be first off the bench? And so we didn't get to see that yet. And we'll have to wait and see um, if they play with a full deck uh, when they play against New Orleans. Uh, what is it? Uh, in a couple of days is tomorrow, the 12th. Is that right? Yes, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Thursday so, the 12th. So we'll have to see if they play with a full deck for that game. Um, obviously they're not going to play everybody for all five of these preseason games. It's not like you're going to see Fred Van Vliet play in all five. Uh, Dylan Brooks was not going to play in all five anyways, according to Ime Udoka. So um, maybe yesterday turns out to be one of the, one of those games that he is just not going to appear in. Um, So yeah, that's, that really to me is what matters for preseason, at least with a new staff, because that's when you start to figure out the pecking order. And I can't remember if I brought this up to you before, but um, I think we all thought that Josh Christopher going into last year would have a big role on last year's team and that he was a guy who exceeded expectations as a rookie. You thought, okay, big things coming up for him in year two. And then you go to that first preseason game and he is the sixth or seventh man off the bench. And then that's when you kind of knew, okay, they might not be quite as high on Josh Christopher as we thought they were. Josh Christopher is not in the rotation to start the season. Uh, and then he gets traded, obviously, once the season ends. So you, you get a good feel, I think, for how the staff feels about the guys that they have just based off of the minutes that you're giving out in preseason. And I will I will bring this up. Um, you look at the first half minutes last night. Jay Sean Tate played 11. You know, Jay Sean Tate was one of the more used guys off the bench. And, you know, that doesn't count Easton, who's probably minutes were inflated because of the Brooks ejection. But I think early on, you're going to see Jay Sean Tate's going to play a lot more than maybe a lot of people anticipated. Yeah. Since you mentioned him, Jay Sean Tate, it, it really feels like there's an opportunity there for him to be, I don't want to say effectively their backup center. But that that's something that I am keeping an eye on. Like how how much does how much when they when they want to play some small ball or when you know if, if they're giving Shingun a breather or whatever it is. Like how much I know they signed Jock Landell, but will they end up liking Jay Sean Tate more in that spot because he's got like the strength and the sort of the basketball IQ to play whatever position. But then also like the the actual versatility to do it. So like I I am curious about that. Like where does where does he fall into the rotation? You, you mentioned how many minutes he played, but how how exactly they want to use him is what I'm most interested in. 
Well, I, I brought up specifically with Yudoka. Like, do you plan on having either Shingun or Landale on the floor at all times? You know, do you plan on having a traditional center on the floor at all times? And he said, no. He said that you're going to see Jabari Smith play some center. And obviously, we saw that uh, in the game last night. And then I brought up, okay, well, and then he even brought up Boban, which I don't think that would happen in any sort of an important situation. But then I asked him, okay, well, does Eason fit into that spot as, you know, possibly getting minutes at the five? And Yudoka's response was, well, you know, they had a lineup in practice or during a scrimmage where it was Tate and um, Eason as the two bigs, you know, playing the four or the five. And it was Tate who wound up, you know, defending the five. So I think that the thing that matters and, and Yudoka used the word interchangeable multiple times. And I think that's the big thing is that they want versatility. They want guys. And that's just kind of the, the way the modern game is now. They want guys who can guard one through five. And that's what Tate is able to do. Tate might be short. But he can guard anyone one through five, and you know he can bang with bigs. He can hang with guards. He's strong as hell. He's yeah. strong as hell, man. He yeah. he is he is he is one of those people. There are people like this that are. Do you ever see this, this happens in football sometimes? Like Micah Parsons is one of these people where you're like, man, that guy is way stronger than he looks, and and not that he doesn't look strong, but he's, you know, there are people that like just play up. Their strength just plays up a weight class, and he's one of those dudes. Well, that's what got him on the floor to begin with, was just that versatility. And he's only got, you know, I think people have forgotten about him because he missed so much time last year and people sour on him because the shooting isn't always there, but he can do so many things for you on the floor. And yeah. he, again, he can guard anyone one through five. He can put the ball on the floor. He can make plays for others. He can finish at the rim. I mean, he's a, he's a solid, solid player. And it's pretty obvious to tell that he's a guy that, the new coaching staff has really started to, uh, to fall in love with, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting too. Cause I saw, I saw some Jay Sean Tate hate on a couple of plays that didn't go great uh, online. And I'm like, man, you got, this is going to be one of the guys that, that fans irrationally dislike because they want younger guys to play. And they're going to be like, what's Jay Sean Tate getting these minutes for? But, but I, I agree with you, man. He, he had some value. I'm going to say this though. I think I figured out why I was underwhelmed, why I wasn't excited about this game. It wasn't just because it was a free throw contest and it was preseason choppy, choppy basketball. And maybe what I'm about to say was a, a byproduct of it being preseason choppy basketball. But the thing that, that stood out to me was how much of the guards did not stand out. Like, I, I guess that's what I was so underwhelmed by because Fred, Fred Van Bleet, we, we mentioned earlier that Dylan Brooks was ejected five minutes into the game. But Fred Van Bleet was the biggest signing. And, like, look, this is not sky is falling type of stuff off of one preseason game. But it, I guess it did stand out to me that those two guys were unremarkable in this particular game, didn't shoot it particularly well. You mentioned they were a combined two for 10 from three, and it looks like a combined eight for 23 from the field. Uh, 10 points for Viv, uh, Fred Van Bleet and 11 for Jalen Green. It just was a, it was just a, okay, they're there. It, it, it didn't feel, I didn't feel anything, I guess this was the thing about it. What did you think about watching those two? I, 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 I know what you're saying. And, you know, Van Vliet wasn't exactly an efficient score last year. And we've talked about Jalen Green's struggles just with his efficiency. But there's one number that I want to point out. Okay. Turnovers. They played a choppy preseason game and they finished with nine turnovers compared to Indiana who finished with 18 and I'm trying to find it. I'm hoping I can find the game book here somewhere. Um, 
but nine turnovers in a preseason game seems awfully low. And so the fact that they were able to do that, I want to see what the turnovers were for the first um, three quarters, and you're going to hear something probably here in a second. Turnovers has been a problem, obviously. Okay, see? So so it was noted on the broadcast, perhaps, that they did not turn the ball over a lot in this victory. And No, I, I was trying to pull up the game book, and I was, so I went into the NBA.com thing, and they have the automatic video. But, of course, they don't have the game book. They don't have all three quarters. So never mind. So much for that. But, again, Tracy, tomorrow, any of y'all, if y'all are watching, man, send us that game book, man. Let, let, let's get those. Let, let's make sure we get to that. They probably do. They uh, probably but, do. But again, that, that's one of the big things that I think that you get to take away is that, hey, they went through a preseason game where you play all these guys. You have all these guys who are playing on the floor with each other really for the first time in a game situation, and you only had nine turnovers. I mean, that's they rarely finished with you know single-digit turnovers last year during the regular season. And so that's where I think the value of somebody like Van Bleek comes in, where he's got the ball a lot in his 25 minutes or whatever it was. He only had the four assists, but he also only turned it over once. And so if you can get, you know, a four to one turnover rate, you know, with your point guard this year, I think that would be very helpful because, again, it it limits a lot. It it just helps your defense. You know, your defense is going to be in a much better position if you aren't turning the ball over the way that they have uh, over the last couple of years. So for me, the, the box score numbers for Van Vliet don't look great. Absolutely. You're right about that. But the fact that they only had nine turnovers, I think, is really important. Fair enough. So we can end it on this, on the Dylan Brooks thing. Maybe you can be the tiebreaker for me. Uh, our mutual friend and colleague, Sean Bajani, and I disagree on whether Dylan Brooks should have been tossed for this particular offense early on in the game where he's trying to fight through a screen. And let's just call it what it is. Nut checks a guy uh, as he's trying to fight through a screen. I thought it was justified. Now, look, in this dynamic between you and I on this podcast, you are the rational, don't care about the results of the game guy, and that is valuable to have. I'm the one that is all in and want the Rockets to win every game. I I, I admit to that because it's, it's documented far before I was ever doing a podcast or in media. So anybody that knows me would know it. But I'm willing to, to be objective about a thing and call a spade a spade. And I was not a fan of that move and was in support of the player who plays for the team that I root for being ejected in that moment. I have no respect or love for moments like that. Uh, Do not approve of it. Sean Bajani thought it was a kind of a BS call. I know Ryan Hollins on the broadcast thought it was a BS call. Where do you sit on this moment? And what does it say about Dylan Brooks's early tenure with the Rockets that he would be ejected five minutes into it he absolutely should have been ejected i saw that play as it was unwinding in front of me and it looked like to me it was a closed fist and he he cocked back <laughs> and took the shot and he pushed the guy in the nuts man he did and, he just he and, did and and mitchell Irvin saw it and mitchell Irvin blew the whistle and did the troll to immediately say that he was going to review it and it was pretty obvious once that happened that that was going to be a flagrant too. Is some of it reputation? Probably, but that's that's on Dylan Brooks. You know, Dylan Brooks has the reputation. He's the one who has to be able to dispel that reputation. And so it was pretty obvious that that was going to be a flagrant too. As soon as they went to the monitor, um, I saw it. it. It looked bad just as live, and then you see the replay. So I thought that that was probably the right decision. Um, and hey, 
Uh, I give Dylan Brooks credit though. You know, he got ejected probably, I don't know, it was probably like 7.20 when that happened. He stuck around more than two and a half hours to do media. You know, I figured that you just, you get ejected in a preseason game, you might as well just go home. Like what's, you're, you're already paying the fine. You might as well just go home and enjoy yourself. But no, he stuck around and he offered to do media. Like he was waiting and he asked Rockets PR, hey, do you guys, do you need me tonight? And they're like, yeah, we do. And so there you go. So that's, um, I, I give him credit for, you know, sticking around and, and explaining himself. But yeah, I thought that was absolutely the right call. Yeah, man, I, I, I can't support these things. Uh, I'm going to support the team to a certain degree, but I'm also going to call a spade a spade whenever something that is absurd happens. I will not be blinded by any biases. That was ridiculous. Um, yeah, so, sorry, Rockets fans. I know it's going to be the thing to do now when a guy who comes from another team used to do things that you hate and you hated him when he did those things, but he comes on your team and he does those same things that you hate, but now you like him. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy at all, just for the record, just so everybody knows that. And something tells me it's not the last time that's going to happen. Five minutes into the tenure, man. Not even five, five minutes. Four minutes and 33 seconds. All right, man. Look, Rockets got the Pelicans on Thursday night. We'll come back later on in the week, talk a little bit more. I want to talk some about Jabari Smith, too, because he had some moments. And I'm just really curious about what kind of season he's going to have because, look, it wasn't always great last year, but like a lot of the recent stuff looks really good. So that's something that we can get into the next episode. Again, Rockets on Thursday against the Pelicans on the road. That one is. And we'll come back later on in the week to chop it up. That's Adam Spillane. I am Brandon Scott. Austin Mendez is handling this thing for us behind the scenes, producing this bad boy. Make sure that you are subscribed. You rate, you review, and tell a friend.